Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rocket brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Welcome in, everybody, to a post-game edition of Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie Heisel. I'm coming to you live from Detroit, Michigan this time around. Join with me as always in beautiful Boise, Idaho. We've got Dustin. Dustin, your Browns come away today with a 20-17 win. Your Cleveland Browns are now 9-5 and on the season. You mentioned it offline. You don't know if your heart can take any more. <laughs> What's going on with your Cleveland Browns? Talk to me. How are you feeling? I got to tell you, I, I, I felt good at halftime. And in that third quarter, I'm like doing the math in my head like every Browns fan does. That's what we do. That's how we live. And I'm like, well, if we lose this game, we got to win these two. And I'm like, damn it, stop doing that. That is the old Browns fan. And then just thank God for our defense. Can I just say that? Thank God that our defense plays the way they do. Um, Joe Flacco didn't have the best game today, obviously, with the three picks. But, man, did he come out big time in the fourth quarter. and this is why I think we have a veteran quarterback at the helms in Cleveland, Ohio right now. The fact that he can go out there, have those things happen to him, shake it off. He's not a rookie. He just, and he said in his post-game press conference, I've been in this league a long time. Games go your way. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. You literally have to compartmentalize things and move on to the next drive. And I think that's really what the Cleveland Browns did in that late third, early fourth quarter. And for the second time, guys, this season, the Cleveland Browns win a football game when they only led for less than a minute, a minute, a freaking minute. That is insane to me to even say, but your Cleveland Browns come away victorious, nine and five. I think they have an 87% chance of winning the playoffs. Now I've done the math. I think if the Browns win one more game out of three, they're 99, 97% chance to make the playoffs. So, with this win, your Browns definitely notched up in a big way to make that push for the playoffs. But, Allie, take it away from Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, before I do so, I just want to remind you guys, if you're wondering what you should have for dinner, the answer for you is Angelo's Pizza. Head on over to Lakewood to get your hands on the best pizza in all of Northeast Ohio. While you're doing it, be sure to kick back with a glass of Cleveland whiskey. Look, it makes for a great Christmas present. So if you're looking for a last-minute gift, head on over to Cleveland Whiskey. Um, they they – put their heart and soul into their product so you can get your hands on some uh, Cleveland whiskey. You can get that in their store or at clevelandwhiskey.com today. Um, look, this was crazy. Uh, watch the game this time around from a family Christmas party and uh, <laughs> to, to play it cool, you know. Um, to, well, to you, you got a Lions and a Browns win on the so same we day. We were actually at the Lions game last night. We went yeah. to the game. Um, which was a lot of fun, and you know, you come away today with a, an insane, insane Browns game. So I am mentally exhausted. Physically, I'm exhausted. I before we even went on the air tonight, I said I had to say, David, where are we? Like, what city are we in? I don't know. It has been an absolute whirlwind of travel, of games, of everything. So it's been a lot of fun, but uh, it's exhausting. And your Browns. Well, Allie, I mean, you got to go to a game in the in the in the warmth. <laughs> I did. I did. It was, it was didn't have to bundle up or anything, but it was it was great. Um, but Dustin, it's crazy to think your Browns are nine and five on the season, and something 
just resonated with me. You just said, you know, if the Browns do this, do that, they're going to have a 99.9% chance of making the playoffs, which is crazy because two years ago on this podcast, this time of year, we said, look, if you do this, you have a 0.7% chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> you know, if the, the Steelers do this, if the, the Colts do this, you're in. And oddly enough, sometimes those things happened where, you know, the, they would win those games or another team would kind of help the Browns in a certain way. Um, but the beauty behind this is you are winning in spite of all of the adversity that this Browns team has faced in terms of injuries, um, just in terms of, I mean, the numerous, numerous, numerous injuries that this yeah. team has uh, uh, but nonetheless, we're coming yeah. away victorious, and I I think that does prove your point, Dustin, of why and the reason this team went in the direction of getting a veteran quarterback to lead them down the stretch is because they still have playoff aspirations. I mean, mm -hmm. look at what Cincinnati's doing; they're still winning. Um, they went with Jake Browning, who was you know second on the depth chart. You know, he's he's looking pretty good. Um, but there was a time there where you're like, well, what's Cincinnati going to do? Does it make sense for them to make a playoff push? We don't know, but. For Cleveland, it did. They brought in Joe Flacco, who has been here. He has done this in kind of leading the team that's in this direction. Do we know if they're going to make a deep playoff push? No, we can't say that for certain. But, man, the, the optimism is there. The hope is there, and everything is out in front of you, and it's entirely, entirely attainable. Well, two big things happened today, Allie. Uh, one, uh, you probably didn't even think about this or realize it. I didn't either. But this is the uh, – Kevin Stefanski became the first coach – to have multiple wins or multiple winning seasons since Marty, God rest his soul, Schottenheimer. I mean, I mean, let's let's just put that into perspective. You know, Kevin Stefanski is the first one to bring two winning seasons to this franchise. Um, I counted today when they put him up on the TV, like twelve starters are on injured reserve. Uh, guess what? That's a that, that's twenty percent of your entire football team, Allie. Of your starting offense and defense is on injured reserve. I, I don't want to call this team a team of destiny, but I, uh, Joe Flacco said today when he did his postgame, when I walked in this room, in this locker room, they're tight, real tight. So that says a lot to Stefanski's leadership and getting them going in the right direction. Uh, Schwartz's leadership, uh, all those uh, Callahan, all those coaches are all dialed in with these players and have them believing in something. Um, and that's the kind of scary team you don't want to play in the playoffs, right? A guy, a team that's so like, hey, you know what? What are you going to hit us with now? <laughs> You've hit us with everything. What else can you hit us with, right? Like you, we lose our star running back. Our quarterback goes out. I mean, we lose our, you know, our right tackle. I mean, like all these things that most teams would be like, okay. 15 tackles on the defensive line, like or on the offensive line. It is yeah. insane. Um, one thing I do want to shout out is David's mom got me these really cool Browns earrings at the Christmas party. So I had the, and it, I think this might be the good luck. The good is luck that the new dogs? Is that the new dogs? Oh, yeah, we have the dogs here. And then okay. on the other side, we've got the, the helmet. So, so oh, really they're, they're, they're like a little mismatch. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. But uh, no, this is crazy. Um, I can't believe we're doing this show. And I cannot believe that yet again, we're having a podcast saying Dustin Hopkins goes and wins you the game. I, <laughs> is this, can I ask you something without being crazy? And I know what I'm about to say sounds insane, but I don't know that it is. Is the trade for Dustin Hopkins like the best trade in the history of the Browns? Like, is, no. is list? No, no, because I think the Cooper trade for a seventh or sixth round draft pick is pretty good. It's up there. And the only reason I say that is because we've had him for multiple years, right? We've had Cooper for multiple years. But I will tell you this. 
I will say this. I think he's the best kicker in the league, and that's not a homer answer. I think he's been the most consistent. Consistent. Uh, he's going to make a Pro Bowl more than likely, but Dustin Hopkins, a guy that wasn't even on this roster, this 53-man roster, uh, a couple weeks before the season, is the best kicker in the National Football League. I mean, the, I mean, what he's doing is just crazy, right? Like, and I and I look back to, um, you know, when we had, I'm trying to think of the kicker, Matt Stover on. And he said, hey, he's from Texas. The wind blows like all the time. I think he'll be okay. And I think kickers know kickers, and they kind of know, like, who's going to be okay and who's not. And I think that's really interesting that Matt Stover months ago had the foresight to say, yeah, he kicks in the wind. He's going to be fine. He just mm -hmm. needs to get acclimated. I'm like, huh, here we are months later, and look how consistent he's been. And by the way, Stefanski brings this up literally in the press conference, you know, when you can choose where you want the ball in the fourth quarter, which way you want to be going when you make that decision. Uh, he literally went over to Hopkins and said, okay, you see what's happening out here in the elements today. Where do you want to go? And he made that choice of going that way in the fourth quarter. And boy, did that end up being the right choice for the Browns and Dustin Hopkins. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy to me. Uh, I mean, look, this is the Cleveland Browns team that spent pretty high draft capital on a kicker a year ago. In Kate York. I mean, what was he? A fourth round draft pick. That is, I mean, that is a, a pretty valuable draft asset that they spent on a kicker. Yeah. And I think that for that first week when he goes into Carolina for the game winner, we all, Dustin, I know you said it on this podcast, your Cleveland Browns have a kicker. And that, that wasn't the case. We thought, we thought it was, and then it wasn't the case. And then we've, we've brought in a couple different people in years, years prior. And we said the same thing, like, Oh, you know, it's going well until it wasn't consistently over the course of this season, Dustin Hopkins has been reliable. And we said from the time that they made that trade, we do not need him to go out and make a 65 yard field goal. We don't right. need that. We need you to, you know, make the kicks within reason and do it consistently and accurately. And he's been, he's been that. So um, George, I agree with you entirely. He says kicker saved our season. Think about the games, Dustin, um, that are just, you know, that are, that are just on the cusp there. We did not have Dustin Hopkins that this season would be entirely different. Maybe you're not the nine and five Browns. You're the five and nine Browns. I mean, it's entirely possible to, to think of a world that way where, you know, the small, small factors, the small elements in football games. And I know a couple of years ago, we said, man, if a couple of plays just went this way or that way, you know, you're looking at a, a playoff team in the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. And here we're saying, look, we finally capitalized on those very small details, those very small things. And here we are. Well, and for once, we control our own destiny Correct. for the first time in a long time. You go out and win another game, you're probably making the playoffs, period, right? Like, you can control your own destiny down the stretch. You win two, you're even setting prettier, right? Like, you're you're going up probably in the seedings. But to your point, this team, um, the way they play and the way they just have each other's back, a good friend of the program, DeAnthony Bell, who we've had on a couple of times, uh, I just about had a cardiac arrest when the ball falls into the Bears guy's hands. He then kicks it for whatever reason into DeAnthony Bell's hands. And then now, correct me if I'm wrong, Allie, DeAnthony Bell could have just sat, sat right there in the end zone and it would have been a touchback. I believe that would have been the case. But I know, I think he was probably pretty excited in that moment. He ran out and then just sat on the field. But I got to tell you, like that turn of events probably aged me about eight to 10 years just in that five seconds. Cause I was like, ah, uh, ah, okay, we're good. <laughs> so yeah, it's like My hair done because I know that I have about like two thirds of my head is now gray hairs from this game alone. <laughs> uh, doing it at a family Christmas party. Um, so that was, I, I ended up on the floor. I was on the floor of David's brother's house. 
during, during that time. So uh, that's what it's like watching a football game with Allie Heisong. You end up on the floor. Uh, we would have talked about our friends over at KND, whether it is sophisticated suburban living, luxury downtown digs, or senior housing. KND, the largest property management company in Northeast Ohio, they've got the perfect home for everyone. Visit KND.com to shop now. That is the letter K, the word, and the letter D. Dot com. While we're at it, if you don't have stadium mustard in your kitchen this season, you're doing it wrong. It's the iconic brand, the iconic taste, the love from ballparks to backyards and everywhere in between. It is loved by millions, so be sure to head on over to stadiummustard.com to shop now. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that Hail Mary from Justin Fields where he's got a clear shot to the end zone. And look, I, I know Justin Fields, uh, he's got a lot of talent. You know, as an Ohio State fan, I know the kind of player that he is. He scares me a little bit. Um, but I thought, you know, okay, if he's got to throw the ball, um, coming off of an injury a few weeks ago, you know, that's that's probably in a better situation for the Browns. You know, he's not incredibly accurate, but he is very athletic. I'd rather him try to throw the ball uh, into tight windows rather than run the ball and kind of exploit the Cleveland Browns. So when he made that throw, I thought, when he released it, I thought immediately it was out of the end zone. Like he overshot, he overshot the end zone. That ended up not being the case. It was in, completely catchable for whatever reason. He kicks the ball into DeAnthony Bell's arms. Talk to me, Dustin. How were you feeling th- during that time? Because that was that was insane. Well, that- I, so the- yeah. So I'm in a room of about thirty to forty Browns backers, right? And and we all sat there and said. And we even said this, and it's very true. Um, hey, that field goal was great, but there's 37 seconds left on the clock or whatever the amount of time was left on the clock, right? Uh, so, yeah, I was like, it was almost like, it was almost like a, a real, I don't know, like, like I use the analogy, like you've been driving white knuckle in a snowstorm for like three hours and then you get to stop and you're like, okay, I'm alive. We're good. Like I made it through the snowstorm. That's kind of how I felt watching this game. I felt good. And then I was down and up and down. And like, it was just, these games are physically exhausting mentally and physically they're going longer. I think it got, this one went three and a half hours today. Again, these games are going long. I think there's a lot of penalties, booth reviews, all that crap that we absolutely don't love. Um, but it was interesting today, Allie, this, the way this game was played, I thought it was a pretty clean game as far as penalties. The ones they did call were interesting. Um, and it was interesting that Roger Goodell was in, uh, presence today, uh, in Cleveland to watch the game. Uh, I thought that was interesting that he was in town, but Allie, this defense, I, I, you know, we talked about depth on both sides of the ball and my God, is it not more important more now than ever that the Browns have enough depth on this football team to get them to the next game um and we saw that today um on the defensive side of the ball uh, on the line when guys were having to go out uh, the d anthony bells of the world that had to step up and play big today and some of these other guys because folks like denzel ward were on a pitch count today you know out there like it just i feel like this team is just so tight like and i think they don't think they're ever out of it i don't think this team ever thinks they're really out of a football game and i think Ever since that Ravens game where they were down by 14 uh, with, what, eight, nine minutes left? I think this team really feels like nobody's going to take us out unless we take ourselves out, right? Like, we're going to be in this till the end. And that defense really tightened up at the end of the game and really made it very difficult for Justin Fields at the end of that game to not be able to. And uh, Larry made a comment here. It it was incredibly loud in Cleveland today. It was deafening in the stadium. And, of course, 
Stefanski made a, a comment about that. He goes, look, we don't win as a team. We win as a city. And he said that today. And he said, and I really appreciate that. He goes, if the fans aren't as loud as they are, we don't make it difficult for Justin Fields basically today, right? Like if they're not that loud and, and bringing the chaos in that stadium, the Browns are seven and one now at home. And they always say, if you can win all your games at home and go 500 on the road, you're a playoff team. The Cleveland Browns are doing that right now, right? They're winning most of all their games at home and going 500 on the road. And they're in that playoff push. I mean, they're doing what good teams do, right? Yeah. We're a good team. We're not great, but we're a really good football team. So is it appropriate to say that this is kind of like the second version of the cardiac kids? I mean, we just, yes. yes. we talk about how I need to go get my hair done because I have two thirds of my head is gray hairs after this game alone. I mean, get this from Jake Trotter. The Browns now have five wins off of a game winning score in the final two minutes of regulation. That's five on the season. And by the way, that's a franchise record. So let me, let me read that one more time. The Browns now have five wins off of a game winning score in the final two minutes of regulation. Uh, you know what that does to a person? <laughs> well, that's crazy. that's why. The, well, I mean, I you and I didn't watch the Cardiac Kids, right? I started watching as a little kid more of the Bernie Kosar era, but everybody from what I heard, the the the, the Brian Sipe Cardiac Kid days was literally like that's how it was like watching a football game, sitting there going, "Okay, they're gonna win it. Okay, yeah, they're gonna win it, but it's gonna it's, it's gonna, gonna work." Yeah, They're so, it, but you as a fan are really going to go go through every emotion that you've ever felt. Well, and I think this is also Joe Flacco's first back-to-back 300 plus. Uh, I mean, going dating back to the Jets. I mean, the fact that we have a quarterback putting up 300 plus passing yards in a game. That like, just not let me let me stop you before you even yeah. finish that because it gets crazier. Joe Flacco had 212 passing yards in the fourth quarter. That is the most by any Browns quarterback in any quarter over the last 45 seasons. What? Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Joe Flacco had 212 passing yards in the fourth quarter. That is the most by any Browns quarterback in any quarter of the last 45 seasons. So that goes back to Brian Sipe. I mean, that has to go back to Brian Sipe or even before Brian Sipe. 45 years, 45 seasons. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, you're going back to the, you're going back to the 1978. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's that's right, Brian's hype years. I mean, I mean, we're setting some crazy records here. Um, yeah. Um, and Allie, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Bears have the number two ranked defense. Am I correct? So, I mean, this game kind of looked like you know what I mean. Like it kind of looked like that kind of puncher, you know, like kind of punchy back and forth kind of thing too. I kind of felt this game was a game of wills net down the stretch because a credit to the Bears today, they were confusing us on offense. They weren't letting us run the ball. I mean, they actually came in with a really good game plan. And, yes, they were on the outside like they were playing the Browns. These teams have to lose for us to win to get in the playoffs. But this Bears team has been scrappy. Uh, You and David know that this is a team that, you know, dismantled the Lions last week. So this is not a team that just lays down. You know what I mean? This is not a football team that's just going to lay down. (laughs) We do know that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I I mean, coming into this game, he even said like, man, I hope the Browns just absolutely like crush (laughs) for, for multiple reasons, obviously we're like, that's not going to be the case today, actually. (laughs) No, but we are going to hand them a, hand them a loss. So that was, man, it was just crazy. And it's really hard. It's really hard to get on and talk about it and give it the credit that it deserves because 
this is a team that is unlike any that I've ever seen before. And I'm not, you know, being hyperbolic here and saying that. I think that we all know and agree that this is a team that has overcome some of the most difficult situations that any team has to overcome. Uh, you know, I mean, just given you guys know the injuries, I don't have to go down the list, but to overcome that, Dustin, to your point, speaks on the depth of this team and what a great teams have. They have depth. I mean, if you look at some of these young teams or good teams, I mean, let's let's use the Houston Texans as an example. While they won today, and that was great, um, you look at the depth on that roster. Man, it's not very deep. They've got some good talent right now. They've got some good t- talent, you know, first string. Um, but once you get beyond that, you know, it can get a little bit iffy. Now, in the c- next couple of years, while they can build in the draft, free agency, yeah. trade. They can they can have a pretty good team. Um, but right here, right now, you know, that is a little suspect for them. But when you look at this Browns team and you can go down the depth chart and you say, yeah, I know who this player is. I've seen him do this before. You feel OK about him stepping into the next role. And that's why we've had to say next man up is is because not only is it really and yeah. literally the next man up, but I think as fans, we believe in them. And I said on the podcast last week, next man up, I fully I fully expect that player to be ready to go. Now, am I saying that I expect, you know, I don't even know, Jerron Christian to step up and be Jed Wills or Joe Thomas? Well, no, because he's not. But I still <laughs> right. step in and play disciplined football, do his job and do his assignment. And I think it's been really difficult as fans, but we've all kind of adjusted to that and understanding that this is a good football team. Um, their depth speaks to that, I think. Well, and to your point, you brought up the Texans um, as a current. The Texans are no different than the Cleveland Browns were a couple of years with Baker Mayfield as kind of that rookie quarterback and had some good pieces around them and they were winning football games, but there was not that depth, right? And when you know who went down, we're like, eh, that's not good. Like there's nobody behind him, right? Like, so that team that we were a few years ago that could make, you know, could maybe make it to the playoffs, were they going to make a deep run and get past Patrick Holmes, no, right, or someone like that. But, yeah, that's the kind of team that, you know, the Browns were a few years ago when they started building the, building the assets that they now have on the field. But I got to tell you, uh, this team is interesting to me. Like, I, I just – it just – I just I, – I can't, I can't figure this team out in the fact, like, you know, they lose two and now they've won two in a row and now they're going to have a tough one against Houston. They come home to the Jets and then they'll have to go to uh, Cincinnati. But, you know, I believe I think I saw today now the Jets have been eliminated from the playoffs. So I don't know what the Jets will really be playing for in that game. Um, probably pride. And if they put Aaron Rodgers in there, they're just absolutely insane because that's the <laughs> franchise quarterback. I'll be like, I'll be like, hey, Aaron, don't go in this game. Miles Garrett has different ideas for you. Uh, so, yeah, just don't do it. But yeah, Ali, I, this this team is fun to watch, and even though it's a heart attack waiting to happen every time we watch this game, I think they believe in them, and I think the fans really. You know what's funny is this team, and, and we all know this. Clevelanders are blue collar, right? They're 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 these blue collar, you know. Uh, let me come help my neighbor kind of city, right? That's what Cleveland stands for, and I feel like this Cleveland Browns team is so blue collar. Does that make sense? Like, hey. My boy went down here. You're going to come help us win this, right? I just feel like this team has such a blue collar feel to it. Like someone said, like Joe Flacco with his like scruffy beard out there at 38, slinging the ball around. That's what this team, that's what this city loves. And like the Joe Flacco jerseys are going off the shelf. I'm not shocked by that because this team kind of epitomizes right now what the city is, right? This is a city that 
roots for the underdog, right? Like we are the ultimate underdog. And Joe Flacco sitting on a couch for 10 months coming in and now slinging the ball. It's like, yeah, you go, right? Like you're out there doing something that no other person. I mean, think about this. How many teams have lost quarterbacks this year, Alec? Think about it. How so many? I went, through, I went through. It's over. If The other night, this is ridiculous. Can't believe I'm saying this on the podcast. The other <laughs> day, I couldn't sleep. So uh, I, I'm picturing <laughs> Allie on her phone like at 2 in the morning. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. So By the way, just in case you guys don't know and you're joining the podcast for the first time ever, Allie doesn't watch crime podcasts. She doesn't do anything. She literally consumes football knowledge 24-7 in her spare time. Is that fair? Yeah, that's all okay. I that's all I, I consumed. Okay. That in my my soap opera that I watch. Um here yes, the- that's true. Okay. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying this on the podcast tonight. But I couldn't sleep the other night. Um and the only thing to like get my brain to shut off was to think about football, which is weird, but uh, I was going through every team in the league, and I I thought to myself, okay, has the starting quarterback that started the season has he been hurt? Has he been put on IR? Is he out for the season? It was over. I think it was like sixty percent of the league has either had wow. a quarterback that has sat at any point this season for an due injury, to, yeah, due to an injury. Now, not consistently. I don't want, like. I think it's like nine on the season so far that are out for the season at this point. Um, but there are several that were out for a game or two due to injury. So to your point, a it, at this point, vast majority of the teams have been out a starting quarterback yeah. at some point during the season. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think. And, and I guess what for me that's crazy is why a team wouldn't want a Joe Flacco. And, and I'm just saying, thank God we have him. But I'm just thinking because of just the experience alone, right? Like, and I, and I use like the Jacoby Brissett effect. He's kind of like the Jacoby uh you know, percent guy, right? He's been in a lot of games, but he's also one at the highest level. So nothing's going to face him um, from the quarterback position. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I, I'm just shocked he was on the couch and available because I got to be honest, full disclosure, like when I posted that and I saw that someone's like, Joe Flacco's on a plane to Cleveland. I'm like, Joe Flacco is not f- flying from Delaware to Cleveland unless he has a purpose. Like, I'm like, that guy is talking to the Cleveland Browns. He is not spending his offseason in Cleveland to talk about, you know, hey, what's happening in Cleveland? And I was like, I was like, wow, you're right. No, why has nobody signed him? And I think of like, and, and this was my, you know, I think we all as Cleveland fans were kind of not, well, we were kind of pissed off when we were like, why didn't the Browns go after Jacoby Brissett? You know, why didn't we go after one of these guys as a backup quarterback? And then when Deshaun got hurt, we were like doubly mad, right? Like, damn it. Now, like, see, this is why you go out and get a Jacoby Brissett. And then like, I'm like, well, why is Joe Flacco even available? I was thinking in my mind, like, you know, I knew that he didn't retire, but he wasn't on a team. And I was like, well, this is interesting to me. Like, this could work. This experiment could work. I don't know. But I, the New York Jets didn't call him um, once. Aaron Rodgers went down. I'll never know because, to be honest with you, and I've heard this on several podcasts. And I oh, that, that oh, I never thought about that. That's a, yeah. They are a playoff team if they if he's available for them or if they make the phone call. Um, just like we would be uh, probably having a similar conversation if Jacoby Brissett was not on an active roster at the time that Deshaun went down. You say you just right. give him a call now. Comes back, he knows the system. I mean, I think the New York Jets are probably within the realms of contention with oh, somebody. Sure. Like, sure. Uh, with yeah. with 
go. So I don't know. I think it's crazy. I mean, it is mind boggling to me. And I, I, I again, I just want to, I want to go back to that stat that I read earlier. Like I just cannot comprehend this. Joe Flacco had 212 passing yards in the fourth quarter in the fourth quarter. That's 212. That's insane. Uh, that is the most by any bronze quarterback in any quarter over the last 45 seasons. Yeah. And by the way, um, we've kind of turned uh, Larry's watching, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a hard time now. Larry's now more believing in the Italian quarterbacks. Uh, he's now leaning more to the the quarterbacks in the Italian. <laughs> Italian. So, Allie, with that, why don't you give us a, a little word about uh, Lorello Vineyards? You know what? Lorello Vineyards, whether you are kicking back after a Browns win or you need a glass of wine after a Browns loss, you need to head on over the Grand River Valley of Geneva, Ohio. You can get their old world inspired blends. They've got Northeast Ohio grown grapes in most of their wines. Uh, so you need to be sure to head on over to Lorello Vineyards. You can uh, head, on over, head on over to their website, lorellovineyards.com. And by the way, you need a last minute gift gift for somebody, Christmas present, New Year's present, you head on over to Larry, Larry's site in Geneva, uh, Lorello Vineyards. They got you covered. They've got you covered. Well, you uh, and you get the Here We Go Brownies wine. A few dollars goes to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank, who we love supporting. And I don't know if you saw it, Allie, there, ha there was a mysterious Santa Claus wearing sunglasses at the Lorello Vineyards with a Here We Go Brownies uh, bottle in his hand. Uh, but I think if you if you watch it a couple of times, you can figure out who Santa was. We also want to tell you about what we've got going on in March. Here's a quick listen from our friends over at Seaside. Hey, Browns fans, pack your bags for the ultimate dog pound at sea party on the amazing Independence of the Seas in March of 2024 as we embark on a five-day, all-inclusive Caribbean cruise. Spend time with your favorite Browns alumni like Josh Cribbs, Eric Metcalf, Webster Slaughter, and many more. Presented by Seaside Events. Cabins are selling fast, so book yours now. Visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Sounds pretty fun if you ask me. Who doesn't want to take him back? Uh, you know, I know Allie's going to love it because it's going to be warm. It's going to be warm. It's going to be great. Allie's going to love that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's get into game balls. This is brought to you by our friends over Circle K. Fans, get ready for a sizzling sensation that's about to heat up your taste buds. Circle K is bringing you a hot deal this football season. Introducing Circle K's hot chicken wings. And the best part, the price is as hot as the wings themselves. Pick up six wings for just $5.99 at your local Circle K today. So what are you waiting for? Gather your friends, your family, and anyone else who craves the ultimate wing experience. Circle K, where every deal is hotter than ever before. Here we go, brownies. Only at Circle K. All right, time to get into game balls. And I'm starting this time. I am going to start on the offensive side. And I'm going to go with the obvious one here. And that's Joe Flacco. Um, while the box score does not represent the game that he had, um, I, I think that he he gets my obvious game ball. He went 28 for 44, 374. Yes, he did have three uh, interceptions, two touchdowns. He sacked four times on the day. I know reading that box score to you or that his stat line isn't like the sexiest thing in the world, but again, the, the ability to step up and do what he did and deliver, um, you know, the opportunity for the Browns to hit a game winner. Uh, just, I, I don't think it's, it's, I don't want to say it's not getting enough credit because it is, but like, I just keep going back to that stat line in 45 years, he's the most to score or, or the most to have that many yards in a quarter uh, in 45 years by any quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I, I think that's remarkable. And what he's doing for this team is it's, it's historic for fans. You know, we we've never been able to at this point in the season where you've gone through so much injury to sit back and say, we're putting our trust in the fourth 
the fourth starter for this team. Um, but by the way, it's Joe Flacco, so you can. Uh, you can you can just comfortably watch this without so much crippling anxiety. Uh, and what he's doing out there is is still at an elite level. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I kind of agree with you in that situation, but I'm going to go in a different direction. Ladies and gentlemen, the Chief is having his career year in Cleveland. Uh, the last two games for David Njoku have been phenomenal. He made some big-time plays today. Uh, he literally, uh, third and 15, makes a huge play for the Cleveland Browns uh, to get them to that first down and keep that drive alive. And in that fourth quarter was such a big, integral part of the Browns winning this football game. But David Njoku, uh, he gives it. 180% every game. And man, I got to tell you, it scares me, but I love when he goes up in the air and, and, and tries to hurdle a guy to get four more yards. That is a team player. So my game ball today goes to David Njoku, who literally balled out today for this Cleveland Browns for the second week in a row and is having a pro bowl career year in Cleveland. I, I agree with that entirely. Uh, he had 10, uh, he was targeted 14 times, came down with 10 of them for 104 and one touchdown. His longest on the day was 34 yards. And I agree with that. Um, look, when he gets the ball, we were talking about this at the at the family Christmas party. You know, one thing about him, you know, he the physique of David Njoku, he's cut, he's athletic, but he's slow. And I think as fans, we we recognize that. But that's okay because he's able to lower his shoulder and just oh. bully you once he does get the ball. Um, yeah. Some issues with drops early in the season and late uh, a couple of weeks ago, but he's kind of corrected that. Uh, he's the safety net for Joe Flacco. He is mm -hmm. he is just reliable, and I think that's huge for somebody you know your fourth starter of the year to come in at quarterback and be able to have that guy. Uh, and that's that's uh, excuse me that's David Njoku, and he's he's playing absolutely great football. Turn it over to you, defensive game ball. What are you doing? You know, uh, trying to get this guy on the show. He'll hopefully be on the show soon. But my goodness, Greg Newsom playing another great football game today, nearly picking off the ball a couple times in this game. Uh, if one of those goes pick six or a couple of those go the opposite way, this is a completely different game today, and it's probably closer to a shutout. Uh, this team, uh, Greg, has been playing phenomenal football this year. Um, he has, I think, finally found his uh, way with this defense. I think Greg has, uh, or excuse me, Jim has made him feel really good in this yep. defense and comfortable, but man, Greg Newsom was all over the place today uh, for that Cleveland Browns defense. Yeah. We've had some weeks where we've been critical of, of Greg on this podcast and some of it, you know, deserved, um, but he's back into his role, right? You get Denzel Ward back while on a snap count uh, and you've got MJ Emerson that's playing really good football. Greg is doing what he does best, you know, as a slot corner. So um, he's playing some pretty good football. I'd like to see him get back to the level that he was playing, but I agree he was all over the field today uh, doing what he does best. And I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. And when I first got on the pod today, I thought I'm going Miles Garrett. It's Miles Garrett. Who else would it be? He's this is his team. Like, this is crazy. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Jeremiah Wusu koromoa Yeah, JOK I mean, today. Yeah. I talk about a career year, um, Pro Bowl year. It's JOK. I mean, he had six tackles on the day. Uh, six of them were solo. He had one sack and two tackles for loss. Two passes defense. So not only is he getting after the quarterback, but he's dropping back in coverage. He's able to get after the quarterback. He had one QB hit in addition to the sack. Uh, I mean, he's just playing really, really good football. Yeah. And it's a testament too. Uh, when you look at this defensive line that has been absolutely just stung by injuries, 
Um, Okoronkwo wasn't out there. And we've said at the start of the show, Dustin, I mean, this season, when your defensive line is playing good football and able to absorb the run in the manner that they are, it allows your linebackers to do what they need to do, which is read and react. Last year, they weren't able to do that. This year, they are. And even though that you do have some of that depth um, depleted, essentially, on your defensive line this season, these linebackers are still able to do what they need to do. Um, we saw Sione Taki Taki drop back in coverage. Uh, thankfully, that that pass was dropped. Um, because that, that was for a huge gain for the Chicago Bears. Uh, but ultimately, I think the linebackers are still playing well, even though the defensive line uh, is a little bit more depleted than we were a few weeks ago. And then, of course, we've got a special special teams game ball to give away. I think we know who that goes to, right? Yeah, Dustin's going to pick Dustin. I'm sorry. Dustin Hopkins uh, consistently today uh, just, you know, kicked, you know, kept. I mean, and here's the thing. You know, a turnover was created on special. I mean, the Bears had a turnover, you know, that they lost. They muffed the kick, right? And yeah. so I, I'm going to give a credit to the special teams. I think they get an extra little asterisk of today. Uh, sloppy conditions, wet and the fact that they played a very clean game on special teams today, I think that needs to be recognized because, you know, that's when stuff happens, when the ball's wet, it's raining. Uh, but, yeah, for Dustin Hopkins to come in, cool, calm, collective, put it through the uprights and say, hey, we're going to go out of here with a win today. I agree. I don't even know where else you go with this one. Um, like I said, this is fifth game of the year. I mean, this is five in total, um, total wins off of a game-winning score in the final two minutes. Uh, that's insane. Uh, so shout out to Dustin Hopkins and doing what he's doing because I mean, we just named the three, three or four, three game balls that were given away. Dustin are all Pro Bowl le- level type players. Uh-huh. They're yeah. having career years. Uh, so shout out, shout out to them. Uh, also, Larry, don't forget that tonight's game is huge for us. Go Jags! Weird to be saying that after uh, last last week. Uh, <laughs> the Jags in this one, uh, but yeah, George, you're right. We absolutely want to give a shout out to Corey Bajorquez. Who's having a career year as well? Yes, um, great game and the, his ability to flip the field. Um, look, I know that whenever you trot out there for a punt, you know nobody's exactly thrilled. Uh, but the way that Corey Bajorquez is able to absolutely just flip the field instantaneously is is huge for this for this team. Uh, Dustin, why don't you tell our friends about uh, the Barley House? Well, guys, if you were at the Barley House today, you probably had a lot of fun. Um, it's a great place to hang out on West 6 before any Browns game, home or away, guys. Uh, but for the next home game, guys, come join me. I will actually be in Cleveland uh, for the meet and greet with Joe Thomas. It'll be from 3 to 4. And then, by the way, 4 to 5, guess what he's going to be doing, guys? You can walk in there and have Joe Thomas serve you drinks. I mean, what couldn't be better? A Hall of Famer serving you drinks before a Browns game. Go to the Barley House. Check him out. Um, great place to be before any kind of game. Or if the game is away, like it will be next week in Houston, go down and check out the Barley House and have a great time there. Great food, great people, great fun. And I don't know about you, but I like saving money. So that's why I do all of my furniture shopping over at the Cleveland Furniture Company. Whether you're looking for maybe a new recliner or a new couch to watch your Cleveland Browns, you need to head on over to the Cleveland Furniture Company where they buy in bulk direct from the factory so they can save you money. This next segment is brought to you from the couch. From the couch is brought to you by the Cleveland Furniture Company. All right, let's go through some stats here. And I know that we kind of did during our game balls, um, but Joe Flacco, 28 for 44, 374, um, two touchdowns, three interceptions. So while that stat line doesn't look the prettiest, uh, it's still remarkable that, you know, we gave a game ball to him and, you know, it's it's still 
just insane that he was able to do what he did in this game. Um, I think he was one of the clear winners of today's game. Uh, the Browns can't run the ball effectively right now. And we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more uh, this week on our Tuesday. podcast. On Tuesday, we'll talk about that. On Wednesday, because uh, I will be traveling. Um, Browns just cannot run the ball in the way that they could uh, for several reasons. One, you don't have Nick Chubb. Period, point blank. Two, uh, do you know how much movement we've had on this offensive line? This yeah. Season? <laughs> so, you know, that's a big, that's a, that's a bigger part of it. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is amazing, but when you have that kind of inconsistency on the offensive line and you can't open holes for your running back, that's a big deal. Look, I've said um, a couple of times, I don't love the way that the Jerome, they're using Jerome Ford in the wide zone game. I, I don't think it's his, his, Best right. Um, but nonetheless, they're able to move the ball a little bit. I mean, as a team, um, they carried it 18, 18 times for 29 yards, averaging 1.6 a pop. That's not good. That's not that's not beautiful. <laughs> um, so we're not going to really go through the individual ball carriers for the for the rushers. But um, on the receiving side, total flip. They can throw the ball. Joe Flacco can get the balls in the hands of the receivers. Um, Amari Cooper, four for 109, one touchdown. His longest on the day was uh, 51 yards. He was targeted eight times, came down with four of them. David Njoku, targeted 14 times, came down with 10 of them for 104, one touchdown. Marquise Goodwin, how about that? Uh, one uh, one target, one reception, 57 yards. That was a huge play, huge momentum shift in this game. Cedric Tillman, uh, four receptions for 52. We're starting to see his pass catches increase. I love I love that they're trusting Tillman more and have confidence in him. I think this is somebody to watch out for. I'm just going to put it here. Okay. I mean, he has got the big the, the hands and like I'm, I'm telling you, Tillman could be a big big difference down the stretch for us as we as we head into the playoffs. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> not one. Um, Elijah Moore two for seventeen. Kareem Hunt one for twelve. Um, so you know, I think this was a really good day in terms of pass catching. Um, I think that we still need to have a discussion on the receivers and the receiver play. Uh, I don't think it's up to the standard that it should be, although that we just rattled off some some crazy stats and no. some really talented players. I think it could be better. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that on, on Tuesday. If we turn it over uh, to the defensive side, uh, JOK, as I mentioned, six total tackles on the day, one sack, one or excuse me, two tackles for loss, two passes defensed, one quarterback hit. Dalvin Tomlinson also had a really big day, uh, six total tackles, two tackles for loss. And then MJ Emerson, also really, really good day for him. Um, he had four solo tackles, uh, six total, Sione Takitaki. Uh, I mean, defensively, Dustin, you mentioned it off the top. They set the tone. You know, this is this is the, the defense's team, essentially. Like, this <laughs> who the Cleveland Browns are right now. And I just did not expect for that to be the case uh, going into the later part of the season. You know, last year we had all this talent on, on the defensive side of the ball. We had Joe Woods um, as your defensive play caller. We said, look, this should be a top five defense in the league. And it wasn't. Um, and we were surprised given the Deshaun Moore's yeah. suspension that the offense was functioning as efficiently as it was with Jacoby right. This year, I think kind of the roles have reversed a little bit that we are surprised that the defense is operating at such a high and elite level um, that the offense is not quite where it should be, but obviously more injuries that on, on that front. But more and, quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, I won't even get into that. Um, <laughs> the defense has, has been the story of this Cleveland Browns. 
Well, and here's the truth is the Browns hopefully make a playoff push here. Defenses travel, right? On the road. I mean, defenses travel. We know that, right? So keep keep that in mind, uh, fans, that the defense travels. That's what's supposed to be the strength if you're a playoff team and you have to travel on the road is your defense. And hopefully your offense scores enough points that your defense wins you the game. Because I think the Cleveland Browns are going to have to rely on that if they do have to travel on the road for the playoffs. They're going to have to rely on that defense to be kind of their their brand, as I would say, on the road uh, if they have to do that. Now, there are some scenarios out there, to your point, if the if somehow the Ravens lose two or four and the Browns go on a run here, which this would be the wildest thing with the Browns having the one seed, I might do somersaults, might break a toe doing a somersault. But if the so Browns end up, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. But I'm just saying, it is crazy to think there's a lot of football left, and I think there's going to be a lot of shuffling from the top of the deck to the middle of the deck on this playoff. Uh, there are a lot of teams still in it, right? We know that, so um, we need to see how this team is going to play. On the road, uh, I'm assuming the Texans might be favored next week, especially if C.J. Stroud, you know, if, if he's back. Um, but again, you have to try to be competitive and win those games, right? That's part of what you have to do. So I don't know. Uh, you can do a somersault. <laughs> uh, no, I tried to race your grandson, and we know how that turned out. I had to get Dr. David Ullery to say, hey, do I need surgery? Uh, no, we don't want that. Uh, we don't want any more stuff to like it, actually. Uh, real quick, real quick, um, George, when was the last time we had two wide receivers with 100 plus receiving yards? Um, the Browns had two, I mean, this is crazy, two yard, two 100 plus uh, receivers on the day. Amari Cooper for 109, David Njoku 104 in the same game for the first time since 2013, George. Uh, and that was with Josh Gordon and Jordan Cameron. Um, so it dates to 2013, almost 10 years ago, which is crazy. Yeah, and I think I think that is also a 10 and 6 Browns team that didn't make the playoffs. I think that year. So that was oh, a really good football yeah, team. Maybe you, you might be right about that. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, uh, I mean they're they're doing some great things, and it's a lot of fun to talk about that. You know, it's so much easier to do a podcast about the Cleveland Browns when they're winning. It's 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 a lot more. Allie, fun. Let's just put it this way. You and I both know this, like, and I'm not going to ever use a cuss word if on, on a podcast if I can't, but the fact that Joe Flacco is out there, you know, winning games for us, and you and I tried to come on a podcast last year after the meltdown of the Jets game, the yeah. Jets meltdown game, and I was like, I was so sick. Do you, like, know what we said? Do you know what we said on that podcast? I remember what we said. We said, oh, my God. Can you believe that Joe Flacco just beat the Browns? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Life's like a full circle, Allie. It just comes full circle. Uh, and by the way, that was funny when they when they threw that stat up there today. They're like, "Hey, it's the first time that Joe Flacco's had back to back three hundred passing games back to when he played with uh, the Jets and the Browns in Week Two and Three. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I remember that very vividly." Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> going around the league, uh, some crazy games this week, Dustin, that maybe we didn't see coming, such as the Bills uh, absolutely just decimating the Cowboys. Uh, 31, what was it, 31 to 10? Um, yeah. The Saints beating the Giants 24 to 6. Uh, Colts beating the Steelers, which is great, uh, 30 to 13. Uh, did you catch any of that, that Vikings-Bengals game? Uh, yeah, I was annoyed with it, but yeah, uh, I did. Yeah. 
did you see i mean it's crazy the the throw from nick mullins it was like he was thrown away as as he was getting sacked and the defensive lineman came down with it as an interception that was one of the crazy and then then he rumbled like a big old man yeah yeah Um, or how about the 63 points put up by the las vegas raiders i mean yeah that was crazy didn't see that that, one what's that turned in getting your gm fired and your head coach immediately the next day so about time though i'm surprised it took the uh yeah um by the way uh the niners took care of business today 28 16 uh broncos obviously after what happened to them they wanted you know uh, a lot of these things just you know it's it's interesting where the nfl is going uh honestly obviously last week over the Seahawks. Um, yeah, but correct, you are correct that the, the Niners did take care of business 49 to 45 to 29 over the Cardinals. Um, yeah. Chiefs Chiefs beat the Patriots 27-17. Uh, the Dolphins decimated the Jets 30 to nothing. Uh, Bucks over the Packers 34 to 20. Uh, Texans come back and win 19 to 16. Yep. Tennessee Titans in overtime. Um, the Rams beat the Commanders 28 to 20. And uh as we know, the Bills beat the Cowboys 31 to 10. So some things that maybe we did not see coming uh, this week in the NFL happened. Yeah, and I'll, obviously we're all big Jags fans tonight because if the Ravens lose and we beat the Jags, that's how those wonderful tiebreakers work out for us. Uh, really, we need the Ravens to win two or four down the stretch for the Browns to realistically have a chance at the division. So um, if the Jags win tonight, we're in a better place. But, again, we got to win the games in front of us over the next uh, – three weeks, but man, I got to tell you, this would have been a much different discussion going into Houston. Uh, if the Browns lost today, uh, I think that's a must win probably in Houston, uh, because of the tiebreakers. Uh, yeah, it probably, because of the tiebreakers that, that Houston game would have been a must win because there wouldn't be very many outs at that point if you don't win that game. But now we have a, li- a little bit of breathing room with three weeks left in the season. Um, and of course, guys, we will be on next Tuesday. So just in a few more days, we're going to go on Tuesday, uh, cause of all the travel and everyone with the holidays, we're going to come on, uh, Tuesday night. We're going to come on at our normal time, 8 PM yes, Eastern yeah. on Tuesday, but not uh, Wednesday. Yeah. It's been, it's been absolutely crazy in terms of travel. And again, uh, I am in another hotel room, so I do apologize if the audio is not what it's, it's nor- it normally is. Uh, we're in Detroit. You sound good. You actually, you sound good. Uh, here in a couple of days, I go to New York city. Uh, that's going to be crazy. Uh, and then home in Ohio for the holidays. So it's, uh, it's been busy, but you know what? That's a good thing. And it's even better because the Browns come away with a win today. Um, Dustin, you mentioned it. We just need to, we just need to like, appreciate what this team is doing uh, i know that we're yeah. all giving them credit but i think we should give them a little bit more and and to be able to to sit here and do a show in the way that we are and go about our victory mondays and victory weeks um and going into these these games with kind of like little expectations but like high hopes if you will um it's exhausting it really is but it, I, it's a lot of fun to watch right now i will tell you this if this browns team goes to the playoffs I think, and this is crazy what I'm about to say, and people are going to think I'm crazy. Just let it rip. I think the Browns should build some kind of statue outside the stadium that's called like the replacements or something to that effect of the players that actually had to come together. What you were going to say, you see a statue, and I, I about spit out my drink live on the yeah. air. 
Yeah, but I'm saying I'm talking like of just and it doesn't have to be any particular players, but I'm talking like a group of people that are just called the replacements for the season of 2023 that these guys were the ones that came in and helped this team win this playoff push. Like without the other players that aren't starters, we are not 9 and 5. Period. We're not. We're yeah. we're not a 9 and 5 team. And I think a lot of credit needs to go to these players that have had to step up into roles and act like they are the starter, there needs to go a lot of credit to these guys out there, like the D'Anthony Bells, um, those guys that were thrust into roles. Um, they're all professional athletes, but to go in there and play at the level they've played at blows my mind. I mean, because typically you just see a drop-off. You just see a drop-off on defense or offense. And the fact that these guys have went in there, um, and that's credit to every single one of those quarterbacks too. All of them. P.J. Walker, uh, DTR. I mean, they're all... They've all had to come in and next man up. Oh, or maybe that's what the statue says. Next man up. It's a statue just called next man up. I like that. Let's do that. Next man up. 2023 season. That's yeah. what it was all about. Dustin, real quick before we wrap up, why don't you tell our listeners what we've got going on in March? Guys, get on the cruise with us. March 11th. We're going to take out of Miami. We're going to go to Jamaica and the Bahamas. Who doesn't want to do that? March 11th. Go to brownsfancruise.com now. Uh, to get your tickets, join us and 17 plus alumni, folks like Eric Metcalf, the top dog, Hanford Dixon, just to name a few, Kevin Mack, uh, Webster Slaughter, but 17 uh, former Browns alumni to hang out with, do some fun stuff on the ship, some great beach excursions, wonderful time. And you know what? If you're in Cleveland, you want to get the heck out of there in March. It's cold. Go spend. Go spend five days, you know, on the warm waters of our Browns legends. So go out to brownsfancruise.com to get your tickets now. Absolutely. Dustin, um, obviously we are heading into Victory Monday tomorrow, uh, Victory Week. And we know that that lasts all the way up until kickoff. There you go. All the way up until kickoff of the next the next game. So I hope everybody here has a great Victory Week. Uh, let it set the tone for your week. Have a good one. Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a beautiful Sunday evening? Well, more importantly, stay safe. I hear the rain is turning to lake effect snows overnight in Cleveland. So stay safe, stay healthy, and Browns, enjoy that victory Monday because it feels so much better after a Browns win in Cleveland. Yeah, it certainly does. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, Browns fans, go Browns. Go Browns.